This classic episode of the session originally aired in April of 2019. You can find both previous and current episodes of the session on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. Yeah, hallelujah. (laughs) I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this little time together is called The Session. It's going to be fun today. I I have a hunch. I think this is going to be fun today. We're going to talk about the communication highway. And it hopefully does not involve a state trooper. Yeah. Well, in session, I am the state trooper. Oh, you are the... Oh, okay. 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 In, you, in session. you are in yeah. session. Okay. We'll get into that as we go along. And before we jump into the communication highway, we jump into God's Word. Well, Scott, out of Proverbs 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So the words we say have power. They sure do. And we can bless people and we can hurt people. There are some things we need to know before we jump on this highway. Well, Scott, we call it the communication highway because we compare communication in marriage to the actual highway that you travel on. And I often say to the couples that come into my office, what made it safe for you or what gave you the confidence to come into our office on the highway? Well, they would say things like, well, it's safe. And in general, and in theory. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> maybe. People generally follow the rules. So that's where it starts to get interesting. So then we talk about, well, there's rules and there's safety. And that's what helped you get in your car and, and have confidence to come in. What about when you're on the communication highway? Well, It's my personal belief, with all the years that I've done this, that the number one reason that couples come into therapy is communication. If it's number one inside of communication, the number one problem with communication is one of the marriage partners doesn't feel safe enough to talk. Somehow they're not safe enough to get on the highway. And those rules that we're going to go over will help provide that safety. And that's what you find they're lacking. That's true. So when you think about it, when you compare it out there on the highway, at the end of Logan Road, there's a stoplight. So if you were to come to a stop sign, there's a reason why you have to stop. So when we compare that to marriage, how often do we stop when we're at a stop sign? Every time. Otherwise, you're (laughs) unless you were my high school football coach. Okay. Coach Wilson would pull up behind somebody, uh-huh. and he looked at the four-way, 
And if the car in front of him went, he went right with him. Wow. And I looked at him once. He said, I've already stopped. <laughs> Back here. Yeah. <laughs> He had a lead blocker. In front he had of a lead blocker. That was pretty much it. But that is uh, no. That's not what we're talking about here today. There, but there are rules on this road, and those rules are designed to provide safety. Right. And you mentioned the stop signs. What about the uh, lines on the road? What do they do for us? Well, the double yellow lines or the yellow line, Scott, is a rule out there on the real highway that you don't pass. And so again, it provides security. If you're following the rules, you're going to feel safe. We try to help them and become enlightened and try to realize, become aware of what makes it more appropriate to follow the rules out there on the highway than it does in on the communication highway. If you followed the rules on the communication highway with the same respect that you have for those out on the real highway, think about how much better communication would be. So now you also have written down here, Speed limit. Yeah, those are just suggestions, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just suggestions for an appropriate and proximate amount. That's true. And so when you speak at a rate on the communication highway that is unproductive, what's going to happen is what's your tone like? What's your attitude like when you're doing that? Oftentimes, volume and the quantity of words increase when an individual's anxious. And so they, they may be going 90 miles an hour, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, I can't. Didn't understand that. Yeah, back up. Would, would you like to start over again? So when you've got a couple in session, and you realize communication is the number one issue they're dealing with. Right. Where is the starting point that you usually come from? Where we start is that we try to talk about, and this is research from Dr. Scott Stanley in Fighting for Your Marriage Research. He talks about how there is a speaker and a listener. And so when we establish a speaker and a listener, then the speaker has the floor and out on the real highway, that would be the right of way. Okay. So you respect the right of way out there and your life is safer because of it. Mm -hmm. So when we respect the right of way for husbands, they feel respected. And when husbands value the right of way when their wives have the floor, our wives feel valued. So that's really interesting. You know, husbands say, yeah, I know my wife wants to be valued, but what's that look like? When what they say is valued, they feel valued. When we give them time to talk to us, they feel valued. So we have a speaker, we have a listener. Seriously listening how often do you out there think about your rebuttal when you're listening? <laughs> Scott, your eyes are rolling. Scott, come back here. What? You, you were saying something? <laughs> and so you listen in regards to, I'm building my defense. And exactly how productive is that for you? Because then you're not really hearing what they're saying. You're more worried about you than you are your marriage partner. The, the point that becomes important as we look at listening, we are to listen, actually being able to say, this is what I heard you say, almost word for word. And people are like, really? Why would I want to do that? Well, you're actually communicating to your marriage partner that you heard them and this is what you heard them say. So 
rather than give a rebuttal or a defense, which we'll talk about shortly, we reflect it. So that's, these are rules of the highway of communication that we on the communication highway want to see happen. There's two other pieces to this. No commentaries or editorials. <laughs> now, Scott, would it be safe to say there's a third one, no rabbit trails? Well, okay. No little diversions off into the into a little alley? That's true. One of the marriage partners, their planet is much more capable because they can they can focus on multitasking and many things at once. So they can bring in side trails on a regular basis. We won't mention who that is. <laughs> Let's just say I've never won an argument in 35 years of marriage. <laughs> it's all those rabbit trails. Uh, never but, can keep yeah. track. So anyway, if we have no commentaries and no editorials, but we're listening, we're listening to care. And I've had some fun with some uh, marriages in my office and, and saying to them, if your marriage partner says to you, honey, when I came home from school or work today, I actually saw black and white striped cows falling from the sky. Right, what's for dinner? (laughs) That's right. You may immediately have a commentary that you're loading (laughs) or an editorial that you're loading when you see, honey, you know that can't be possible. But actually you would say it because you would say, I heard you tell me, because it's their words and you're showing that you listen. But it's a great example to say, I'm sure I got a commentary in here about black and white striped cows. If, for one thing, they're not striped. They're splotched. You know, they're, you're listening and caring. Going, how do you feel okay? <laughs> Did you have something unusual for lunch? Uh, yeah. Somebody bring in some funny tasting brownies? <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the communication highway here on the session today. And the idea that there are some rules of the road in communication. One, to be truly listening and to not assume that you have something to say when they're done. So this one is where you assume you can anticipate where this is going. You're wrong. And you cut it off before it gets there. And what if if there had been some kind of change to it that you're going to miss out on? Also, what about this thought? What message are you really sending your marriage partner when you cut them off? How valued do our wives feel? How respected are husbands when a feeling when they're cut off like that? You don't have any value. I know better. Shut up and listen. Then they're supposed to feel important and they're supposed to actually help them feel cherished. I don't think so. And that'll lead to the escalation that wound you up in your office. That's true. And it's interesting. For, sometimes for men, they can work out of the work manual, and they think that what works at work ought to work at home. They might be capable of making that statement at work, and it goes over okay because they're talking to the guys. Mm-hmm. And they get home and they try that with their wives. Not going to happen. It's been fun over the years. has helped them develop a marriage and family manual. All right, so what's in this manual? How about interrupting the speaker? How about things like, this is your wife, not one of the guys at work. And when you interrupt somebody at work, you know, that's that's one thing. But when you interrupt your marriage partner, how does that marriage partner actually feel? So we begin to help them see the difference between what you could pull off at work. And some guys are in leadership at work, and they're naturally respected because they're the boss. 
and regardless how maybe the employees at times might be feeling. Will you bring that into the marriage manual or you try that at home? Well, you might be able to pull something off and they might do it. But here's the thing. What are they really feeling inside? How do you want them to be motivated? Because they're compliant or because they are motivated because they respect and care about what you have to say? Exactly. Now, when we get into these situations where communication is strained on the highway and we find uh, traffic to be a bit congested, (laughs) maybe somebody's in the wrong lane. Uh, Yeah. And you're trying to correct. Right. There is a way to do that and a way to have that discussion. So unpack for me using you statements instead of I statements. Well, on the communication highway, it's really important that we start a sentence with the word I. Because now you're you're referring to I meaning me. I'm talking about how I feel versus when I start out a sentence with you and I'm talking about you That's an immediate invitation to an argument. People are going to be immediately defensive because you're saying you, this, or this. And instead of, I feel encouraged or discouraged, optimistic or not very optimistic, now I'm talking about me. And if you truly care about me as your marriage partner, you should have a healthy reaction to that. And it leaves it open for more communication. That's true. Instead of a defensive wall being up when you say, you, blah, 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 blah. Right. Now it's, I feel like you're saying, blah, 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 blah. And now you can have a dialogue about the blah, blah, blah. So I feel, but then we fill it in with an adjective. I think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's been way too long since grammar class. Yeah. Yeah. Like encouraged or not encouraged. Uh, Hurt. Angry. Yeah. Annoyed. Fearful. Left out. Yeah. See, now we're talking about truly what we're feeling instead of what's most common on the highway. Have you ever done this, just reacting to what somebody else has done on the highway? (laughs) (laughs) Scott, true confession time. Okay. uh, Off mic only. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. The, The key, but I think what you're getting to is your emotions should not dictate the response. That's true. So as we begin to talk about I statements, I feel encouraged. Not I, when, I, when, you, when you say, I feel like, what's like feel like? Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so see, like is not a feeling. No, but it is like something a lot of like teenagers say. <laughs> That's like, like, what's up, man? <laughs> the I statements, they are productive. And when we begin to talk about I statements, they have a greater opportunity and probability of tapping into the emotional side of the brain, the right side. So I'm talking about how I feel. When you start out with a you statement, you're basically building a argument or you're inviting the left side of the brain to come in, the logical debate mm-hmm. side, and look out. And the, see, for a guy, that's the, the logical thing, especially for in management, because right. we use that side of our brain more and we're more prone to okay, I've got to compartmentize this, organize it, devise a plan, execute the plan, review the plan. Now we're in the work manual, Yeah, and it works well. Have you ever had a couple look at you or or look at each other as they're doing this, and one says, I never knew you felt that way? Oh, yeah. Or this is the first I've ever heard of this, whatever was shared that night. The reason why oftentimes in couples therapy that happens 
is because that marriage partner at that moment in therapy feels safe enough on the highway to travel on it and make that statement. On the session today, we are talking about the communication highways. It relates to communication in marriage. Now, Tom, sometimes we've got to deal with a situation here where maybe there's been an infidelity. Maybe Uh there's been some kind of an issue. Maybe it's a substance abuse or an addiction of some kind. What do you do with a couple when that's going on now, when, when you're having to deal with a sin in one of the partner's life? Well, it's a whole series of sessions. We have to look at it in terms of trust. How can we have trust when there's been a major break or breach in the trust by having an affair? Two, we, there, there has to be closure to something like that, which on the communication highway talks about forgiveness. And we've talked about this before, that the greatest example of forgiveness was Jesus on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't heal at that point. He didn't heal until three days later when he rose again for us and in victory. Talking that, that shows two very separate events. There was forgiveness, but there was also healing. Well, healing is talking about the hurt that the sin created. It's about getting it out. It's about talking about how hurt I felt. There's the I statements. Mm -hmm. And so then one of the things that's really healing that I've observed when we can get there is that the offending party in the marriage experiences their, their marriage partner's hurt. And it's very difficult. Um, in my career, it's been really easy for men to, to try and say, well, that was history and it's over with and we're done with. It, that's a defense. It's a reaction to the fact that I don't like how it feels. I'm very uncomfortable when I see my wife crying. Well, she might need to cry. And we're going to shut her off. We're going to turn it off, say, you're done. No, she has to have that opportunity to get it out. Now, that is a season, Scott. That's not necessarily going to happen in one session, the healing process can take months there. And in some cases, maybe even stretching in into a, a year or more, just like you may have a broken leg and you put it in the cast, six weeks later, the cast comes off, or at least it used to in history. <laughs> now you're ready to, to be back to life. Well, you know, I might need physical therapy. And that goes on for a while. And then some people say, yeah, I can predict the weather with that broken leg now. <laughs> so it goes on. And that's the point. Now, what do you do with a, with a couple who's avoiding communication altogether? I don't know if they're afraid to talk to each other. They're afraid of what they might hear. But they sit down and they look at you and go, fix us. And I hear that all the time. Sometimes they tease me with, Tom, fix it. And, and I'll say to them, well, you know, if I were you, I'd go see a counselor. <laughs> 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 oh my. <laughs> but what happens is when they avoid communication, there's research, there's the pursuer of communication, and there's the withdrawer. Now, we probably have talked about that in some time ago, but to review, I, I've kind of used as an illustration the roadrunner and the wild coyote. <laughs> the, the roadrunner has withdrawn, he takes off. Yeah. And the, the wild coyote has never caught, as far as I know, the roadrunner. No. And the withdrawer on the highway of communication does not want to participate because of the number one reason why. They don't want to get hurt. Exactly. And therefore, they don't feel safe. 
there we have it. How do you break that, though? If you've got a couple that's their heels are dug in and I can't talk to her, I can't talk to him, they don't this, they don't that, and how do you break that? Well, it's really interesting conversation, and this is where it gets interesting. When they begin to use the fundamentals and we're seeking the Lord together, they feel safer and they're willing to try. But what's interesting is how about the fact that if they feel safe, they can begin to use an I statement. Now, all of a sudden, they're beginning to understand it, an I statement. And here's an exercise and a question that we oftentimes bring up is I look at one marriage partner and say, what would it take for you to be able to share more? When I've identified the withdrawer, what would it take for you to be able to share more with your marriage partner? What do you need so that from them do, well, that they would listen? Or there's some hope that what I say to them has importance. If, if, if I felt important and there was hope and faith that it w- they were going to do what I was talking about, I'd probably share more, but I'm just so resigned. So that's happening in front of the marriage partner, and the marriage partner has this discussion and is hearing it. But then we also go the other direction, too. We look at the other marriage partner and say, what do you need so you can share more with your marriage partner? What we're finding out today is it's a very deep and long process. It can be. It can. If they've been married for years and they've dug their heels in this way, it does take time. But that's okay. It's a season. As, as the book of Ecclesiastes talks about, there's a time and a season. I believe what we do in therapy is a season. Take you through that season, deal with that, and then the next season comes in. That's right. Only the Lord knows how long. We've just scratched the surface of this communication highway. Trooper Tom, you have done ably today. And have you ever had to just stop a couple and say, whoa, 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 hold on. You've you've broken the rules of the highway. Let's let's readjust. Absolutely. We call it timeout. Timeout. We write tickets? Well, you know what? Just about. And I will say to them, when I teach them about timeouts, when I say timeout, I want you to stop, not when you get your thought out, not at the end of a sentence, even if it's in the middle of a word, just stop right there because that's going to be a teachable moment. That's also, I may call time out because I want to keep it more on track and not see it become unsafe on the mm-hmm. highway. So if you're having trouble with communication, sitting down with a counselor can be a great help for you. How can they start a conversation with Tom Russell at Heritage? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And if you have any comments about the session or a suggestion for topics or issues we could discuss, Tom and I would love to hear from you. Every week we discuss issues that face the family, the church, and our faith. And we'd like you to email any comments or suggestions to scott at risefmohio.com. That's scott at risefmohio.com. Thanks for joining us today for the session. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 